0: episode of panels and bars this week we're going to be covering marvel's upcoming spider-man no way home but first some news help in an effort to get more young people to engage in covid-19 vaccinations marvel comics has now released a series of avengers comics available online in which the avengers get vaccinated it's mainly to try and target the latino and black audience who are not really picking up in the vaccinations as much as marvel would hope or as much as new york would hope so in an effort to do that they produce a bunch of exclusive comics i will put a link on our social media and you can check them out they're interesting um i'm gonna reserve judgment because i think it's a good thing to do for young people and for people in those communities if you're listening to this and you're not vaccinated uh we're not gonna we're not gonna let you but please kind of do your research we all want to be out of this horrible pandemic and move on with our i lives. might lecture you <laughs> Patrick might lecture you (laughs) in uh, other news DC has actually had several delays owing to the pandemic as a lot of people might know DC don't distribute their own comics and a lot of their channels that are allowing them to get the comics out internationally are actually delayed on several of their key titles including the new issues of Batman Catwoman and Superman Red and Blue DC actually hasn't been able to give a date as to when you can expect these issues but it looks like the next two issues of all those titles will be severely delayed. We'll keep you posted more as we hear it. And lastly, Shang-Chi is not looking set to do as well as Marvel would hope based on pre-orders. So it could be the first flop of this phase. We'll see. Anything could happen. Um, But I'll personally say I'm not surprised it's not been overwhelmingly pushed in this country. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I've seen it on a couple of buses and the odd trailer. We'll see what happens with it. When is Shang-Chi out? I think we're two weeks away from it. Oh
1: my god, that's insane. yeah. You see, that's ridiculous
0: because I had, I
1: I assumed we were still months away. Yeah. So yeah, like that's that's really really weird. Yeah. Um, is it going to Disney Plus as well as cinemas? Do you know?
0: I don't think it is. I think it was due to and then the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit happened, and that okay, has now changed how they're doing things. So we'll see what happens going forward. Wow,
1: well, uh, well um, I mean, I, I, that that's it'd be nice to go and see something at the cinema, but like. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign, is it?
0: I've always thought he was a really cool character, but ever since that first trailer, I'm like, if I see it, I see it. I don't really think I care. The
1: thing I'm struggling with with the Phase 4 stuff is that, like like Eternals as well, there's a level at which there's a bit of me that's like, more origin stories, even more, like, I can't watch that more superhero origin stories. Like, I don't. I don't like. It's hard to care. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Is. Like, and especially when we've just come out of such a long sequence of movies that they spent so much time building up and stuff. We've just like we used to go into Marvel movies to watch characters who we're like deeply acquainted with, yeah. who we've known, who we've been following for years, and like they're just being so many characters now where they're all like new person. It's a new person. It's yep. another. It's it's difficult. I think it is. Like, it is.
0: <laughs> I think this is a fantastic thing. This is possibly going to be the first Marvel film to have some really well-produced and well-choreographed fight scenes um, and to have a significantly predominantly Asian cast is a great milestone. But there's nothing about these trailers that speaks to me. Um, the humour has kind of fallen flat for me. The visuals. The the second trailer, I don't think it's the final trailer, but the second trailer was very reminiscent of the G.I. Joe live-action movies for me. Yeah. It was very I mean, disappointing. I, it, so, I quite like
1: the G.I. Joe movies, but, you know, trailer. like... Yeah. Um, I also, but I thought the Eternals trailer as well. The Eternals trailer had like a really long bit where they were being all like, "So why weren't you in any of the previous Marvel films?" <laughs> and Sam Hype was being like, "You see, we couldn't be in the previous Marvel films because of because of story reasons." And it was <laughs> yeah. just a bit like, like I get why well, you'd have that in the film, but do you need it in the trailer? Yeah. Like, yeah. that just feels a bit weird so, to me.
0: So you've that's a great segue to what this week's episode is about. This is not going to be a surprise to anyone that listens to this. If you listen to this, you love the same things we love. And you are probably well aware that after a leak forced Marvel's hand, they officially released the brand new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, which Patrick and I spoke about this a few episodes back. It's been the world's worst kept secret that this is going to be Spider-Man or the Spider-Man's hashtag Spider-Man all the time. Um, And it's going to feature villains from pretty much every iteration of Spider-Man's live action adaptations, with the original actors returning so we're getting jamie fox william defoe doc Ock is back there'll be no james franco because he's a sex pest but there will be all the original characters you know and love and probably some i mean we we already know obviously J. jonah jameson is the character that is weirdly linking all these universes yeah fans have been excited for it for a long time a few i haven't seen them personally but i know there's a, a lot of set leaks leaking interesting new costumes and some of the original sam Raimi designs making a return and some of the costumes that were designed for that tra- for that um period of time that were never used and will now be used. So it, it looks really exciting, it's really fun. What Patrick and I want to do this week is first of all we're gonna talk about our thoughts on that. And second of all, we would love to pitch our own multiverses that the big studio should to follow up on this with. Obviously we've got DC's Flashpoint around the corner, which is their kind of first big screen take on this, which is going to feature two Batmans Uh, A couple of flashes potentially And probably some other characters We know Supergirl is going to have a cameo in it at some point Um, But Patrick and I are going to take a stab on it So Patrick, what did you think of the trailer?
1: I like it a lot I mean, it's difficult to kind of stay objective Because I love Spider-Man I love (laughs) Spider-Man Spider-Man is my favourite comic book character Like, I'm not a big fan of Spider-Man movies in general Only really Homecoming I think I mean I thought that the the one with Danny Darko where he was a big cloud of CG, was alright. Um what was that called? Far from home. Far from me. From yeah, home. For me like, for me
0: it's Homecoming and Spider-Verse. Everything else just doesn't I don't
1: Oh yeah, and Sp- yeah, Spider-Verse is fucking awesome. Um, but there are other things like I'm not a big fan. I don't mind the Andrew Garfield films uh, but I, I think feel he's like there's a great
0: choice for Peter and I do love the stuff with their relationship in it. But there's too much in those films. There's way too much. I mean, yeah. it's been said many times by, by other people, but it's... it's Unfortunately, a lot of studios stumble trying to recreate the MCU formula, and Sony was the first to do it, and in a big way, because that film is setting up spin-offs before you even know who the characters are going to be from those spin-offs. You know, there's that, obviously, that really clunky scene where they walk through the room and there's octopus arms and vulture wings in the background. Before you've even really introduced the green goblin who's supposed to be the antagonist for this film so people like to give it a hard time i think there was great potential there i think arthur and emma stone were given bad material um, yeah and i think jamie fox like he was great in that film he hammed it up and you could tell he actually loved playing that role but it's one of those films that suffers from we don't need two or three villains you know we no. don't need
1: well and that's kind of my worry here because i'm yes. also I, i'm i'm really not a big fan of of the toby mcguire ones yeah uh they they're they're like they're very rooted in an era of spider-man comics that aren't really my spider-man like they're yeah. very very 60 70 spider-man yeah and because i started reading in the 90s i've got a very specific idea of what spider-man is 100%. which they aren't essentially I, I, so
0: i've gone back and forth because spider-man's my favorite comic book character of all time i love him as you probably know and some of the people listening to this know i will ha- i have well, over 60 Spider Man action figures that like t- have, have a hold of my room and I love them. I've gone back and forth in my relationship with the Raimi films because for a long time I flat out hated them, with the exception of um, J.K. Simmons' and J. Jonah Jameson, who I still think is the greatest mm-hmm. of the casting of all time. He's just, yep. he's jumped out of the page. He's phenomenal. So for a long time I hated them and then I start to warm up to them because there are elements. So I'm gonna, there's, there's pros and cons to those films, to all three of them. Pros, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, Robbie's pretty good. I mean, he's a nothing character, but he's pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, Bretty, Brandt, like there's good, there's good casting for a lot of the characters. Gwen Stacy for the 10 seconds she's in it. That's a good pe- piece of casting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Some of the humor, like this is the biggest thing that he misses for me is the humor. But sometimes when he does the humor, Maguire is actually pretty good. The CG was impressive for the time. That costume is like still incredible. It's one of the best comic book adaptations. I think, to be honest, I think the best Spider-Man costume is Andrew Garfield's from Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's amazing. He's got the big bug eyes and everything. But, yeah, yeah. Like, Raimi's costume is great. Um, quite a unique thing in all the films that I don't think any other comic book series, especially the MCU, has followed, where all the villains in those films die by their own hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair. Goblin impales himself. Yeah, Dockum Doc Doc blows him up. himself up as a sacrifice. And, uh, well, Sandman blows away, so he doesn't really die. But Venom catches the bomb and blows himself up. So mm-hmm. in all the films, Peter's not responsible for any of the deaths. That's quite neat, isn't it? Yeah. And I, there's just something about that. I think it speaks to him, his a quality of his as a hero. And it, it yeah. speaks to in all of those, with maybe the exception of of Norman, there is, it really shows that distance between Peter and the hero. He's always trying to the end to save them, even if yeah. they're trying to destroy him. I and mean, that's a real unique quality. So there are elements of his I like, but there is just so much I dislike. I think Aunt May and Uncle Ben are terrible. I think the dialogue in all the films is terrible. There's just too much nonsense, too much. And I like Sam Raimi, but too much of the Sam Raimi nonsense in his I don't like it. I don't like that trilogy.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. I, lo- I don't mind Sam Raimi. I don't like I quite like Evil Dead but yeah. like I feel like Evil Dead's much more consistent tonally than this Spider-Man films. Yes. They give me like whiplash where yeah. one second we're watching like something that's really silly and then the next second sequ- second it's like a kind of horrible sequence. And like I, I think a good example is like in the third one, the bit where the symbiote takes over Brock is genuinely horrible. It's like yeah. a full-on, but as are some of, like, some of Sandman's scenes are really, really... Like, the one where he gets turned into Sandman is really genuine. Yeah. Really, yeah. And then the dialogue is just, like, it's sub-90s cartoon <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, I just don't know. I, there's a and The thing is, and it's a silly thing to say, because in... In reality, they were extremely successful. Yeah. But there's a bit of me that kind of watches them and is all like, is this for, who's this for? Is this for children or yeah. adults? Or... Yeah, well, this
0: is the, it, it gets really goofy in certain places. Even the first one. So, Norman Osman has that stupid Power Rangers Green Goblin costume. But yeah. then in that costume, there's a scene where he annihilates the board of directors. And you see they're skeletons for a split second before they all turn to dust and yeah, it's those... like what is this, this is yeah, horrible. those skeleton
1: bombs yeah. like i think they're genuinely creepy and like but then but then and but then you have peter calling him gobby and yep. like <laughs> and like there's just stuff i just can't i also but my, my problem with them mainly is that i don't really like toby mcguire yeah. um I always I always think of him as an actor who's... He reminds me of a PS2 cutscene in that he's got, like, three faces that he just cycles between and there's no real kind of transition between them. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's sad or angry or confused. Yeah. Like, he never smiles once. And I think that that's the, the problem I have, is that, like, you said that you thought Andrew Garfield was a good piece of casting. Like, I always think... I think Andrew Garfield's a good Spider-Man, but I think he's a bad Peter. And I think that Tobey Maguire is a good Peter, but a, a bad, bad Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Which is
0: like, the problem you get with a lot of Batman. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think Val Kilmer is a fantastic Bruce Wayne. Van, he plays mm. that really well. He's got this weird kind of coldness to him. Some people are like, he's weird. Of course he's weird. Bruce Wayne is not a real <laughs> person. And he doesn't know how to be a, a real person. Yeah. And Val Kilmer plays that well. Even when like he's flirting with Chase Meridian, like who's Who fancies Batman? He's trying to be sexy, but he doesn't know how to flirt because he doesn't spend time with people. Yeah, because he's a weirdo. He's a weirdo, but his Batman was a bit flat and a bit boring. And the same thing with Spider Man. It's hard. Like, I like Tom Holland a lot. I, his pizza kind of grates on me, and I prefer the scenes when he's being Spider Man. You see it
1: again? Hard opposite.
0: He has a lot of charm to him, but like, I don't know. I just, I think with the new one, they've really, and I get it, he's the only kid in the MCU but I think they've really leaned into that. So like the scene when they're having the fight in Civil War, it's like, has anyone seen that really old film, Return of the Jedi? It's like, okay, we get it. He's a kid. He's young. Yeah, there's just too much of that for me.
1: The thing I think about Tom Holland's that works for me is that they're not going for like, because he's young and because he's inexperienced, I don't expect him to be a fully formed Spider-Man. So in the bits like and he is funny, he's not as funny as I want Spider-Man to be. Yeah. But because he's not really, because he's only kind of just growing into the role, I can accept that. Yeah. Whereas, like, Toby Maguire's Spider Man isn't funny. Not at he's all. Not, he, he, doesn't make, he doesn't make any jokes. And when he does, they don't land. Yeah. Uh, and Andrew Garfield Spider Man is funny, yeah. but I cannot buy Andrew Garfield as a nerdy kid who nobody likes. I yeah. just can't. Like, <laughs> like, here, like. There's bits in that where, like, where people are being like, "God, Park, you're such a loser," and he just like skateboards in, like, looking like the most handsome man on earth, <laughs> and like hangs out with hangs out with Emma Stone. I'm like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you guys know what nerdy weird. Whereas, like, I think Tom Holland sells being a bit of a weirdo yeah. quite well, um, I, and obviously Toby that, Maguire. Yeah. Really sells, yeah, weirdo. <laughs> <'Cause> he's, <laughs> he's <a> terrifying, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. he's a real weirdo, yeah. Um, but I think that there's an element of which, before Tom Holland and Spider Man, they never came, but then I do wonder what it would be like, and this is one of the things that really intrigues me about the new one to see. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in an MCU written film. Like yeah. I'm really excited about seeing Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus yeah. in a film that isn't like hardcore weird cheese Did all the you way Did you through. notice you know that in the aged? Yeah, well, I assume they'll do that with all of them yeah. because it wouldn't make. I mean, I'm guessing Alfred is pretty old. Yeah. Like I mean, it's um, been twenty
0: years since he was last put in that costume. So. Yeah,
1: and Willem Dafoe's really old. Yeah. like he looks really old now. Yeah. So it would be. I feel like it would be weird if like geriatric Goblin rolled out <laughs> and like like, and I think it'd be especially weird because Tom Holland looks so young and he's playing such I a mean, young version. Like,
0: what's interesting, I found out recently. I haven't seen the and I'm not going to see. I'm going look, not going to look the pictures, but apparently from the set leaks. Jamie Foxx is comic book Electro. He's not Amazing Spider-Man Electro. He's in the green and gold costume and his lightning effects are yellow.
1: Um, okay, well, I've seen the set leaks uh, and that's not how yeah. I would interpret it. it he's, he's wearing okay. a different costume from the one in the movie, but it, doesn't, it looks to me like a kind of a... like a 90s X-Men leather version of maybe his original costume. You know what I mean? Like a cool, real... Okay, but yeah. also in the set leaks, it looks to me like maybe... Osborn is wearing a similar kind of costume. I think maybe they've got matching Sinister Six outfits.
0: (laughs) Oh, so maybe it's like a Sinister Six. Yeah, like. But I
1: think that I assume that they'll probably be plucked from like their original. But then Doctor Octopus knows Peter. Like he recognizes him as Peter, and he's not like, "Hey, child, wearing a Spider-Man costume in this alternate world."
0: Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. A lot of people have the theory that that's been a really well edited clip for the trailer. And the actual scene he's talking about. Oh, yeah, that has made more quiet. sense,
1: yeah. I think that, I yeah. think that the potential... I, because when I was talking to Beth about it, and one of the things that we were saying is that, like, I think the danger is that, in contrast to Spider-Verse, like, Spider-Verse does a really good job of setting up very different versions of Spider-Man. Like, you've got Miles, you've got fat, angry old Peter, you've got anime teenager Spider-Man, the pig and Spider-Man Noir, and they are all so different. Whereas, I do... like My concern would be, my number one concern is, it's three white guy Spider-Mans who are kind of similar, and I know that they've played it differently, and I know that they've got different aspects to them, but I do wonder if it'll be difficult to, like, like... They've got to do something with the costumes. They can't have the three of them in their original Spider-Man suits fighting in the same scene, because...
0: So a so a bunch of toys were released recently that have three different costumes. Okay. They they're all okay. One is black and gold. So the the webs within the pattern are gold, and the rest of the costume is black. One is a slightly altered version of the costume he had for the second film. So it's black and red, but <clears throat> the accents are in different places than they were in that okay. film. Okay. And I think now there's green. Now they they leaked, you know, because uh the way a lot of toy companies sell their toys is they solicit the initial orders months in advance. Yeah so they came out and everyone went oh these are the movie costumes and what uh, Marvel Studios have said is actually no how we traditionally get these these figures designed is we give them the pre, pre-vis we give them oh, the yeah, design okay. for our artists but those artists can change at any time and there is some truth to that because the figures released for Division are not the same as her final costume when she, when she creates the Scarlet Witch costume yeah. because Marvel changed that on the fly so there is some truth to that But a lot of people think, if you look at Hot Toys, who are one of the companies producing them, they charge $250 a toy. People are like, they're not going to invest that. They're not going to not look like the actual figures. Exactly. So a lot of people think it's a lot like how Marvel's been saying, Willem Dafoe, never heard of him. So these are probably going to be the costumes and they look okay. But like you say, I think that their main purpose is to serve that purpose of this is Garfield. This is yeah. Maguire, this is Holland, they're three distinct Spider-men. Yeah,
1: I've seen pictures of a Doctor strange E Spider-man outfit that I
0: assume is what Tom Holland will be wearing, the green one. Can we talk about Doctor Strange, please? Yeah. Because here's the thing. So when they first announced Doctor Strange was Cumberbatch, I was like, fantastic. Because I assumed he was going to play him as British. I don't know why. I've always read Dr. Strange as British. I, yeah, I it was assumed he was with British. With the cape and everything, it has, like, that gravitas. And I think even in the original 90s animated series, they when yeah. the two times he's turned up, he's had a British accent. So it was like, when he was doing that generic American accent, I was like, why would you hire someone with such a distinctive British voice and have him do this? And I never really bought into it. But... I'm quite liking this douchebag hoodie, Dr. Strange, that's like, I definitely won't do that dangerous thing. I'm
1: going to do that dangerous thing well I also think that kind of like in Doctor Strange's movie he was like this arrogant asshole, and then in the Avengers movies he's popped up in he wasn't really that character anymore he was very serious and very I've got to do the right thing blah 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 and I kind of I feel like it's consistent with his character in Doctor Strange I do worry though between the hundred Spider-Mans and all the villains and, and, and him and Wong and like assumedly characters that we've not seen in the trailer um yeah I do worry that like like because Far From Home got a bit to Iron Man's legacy, Nick Fury. Yeah. And like I feel that like Homecoming treads a really fine line. I- Iron Man is in it, but it's not about him. Um yeah. uh, but I do worry that like I'd really, I'd really like to see a bit more. Of you know that bit in the first one where he's all like, just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and he just kind of hangs around the Queens doing normal yeah. shit. I would really like to see more of Tom Holland's Spider-Man living some sort of regular life instead of it always being the entire universe is imploding. See,
0: my my thing is, I would have loved to have seen a six film series, yeah, Tom Holland, and the first three is him in high school. He's dealing with like the Vulture. Yeah, your criminal, your petty criminals. You know the neighbourhood st- stuff. No big end of the world stuff. Like that's what I love. The first film, it has stakes, but Vulture's not threatening. Like, you know, at several points, as you said, he tries to call Iron Man, and then he's like, "I'm busy." I'm busy that's with how load the stakes are. Yeah, yeah, that's how. Lo- and I, I would have loved to have seen the Vulture being one, and then Rhino's in two, and whoever isn't, you know, isn't. Th- you have Shocker in the third. They, they set him up enough, you know. So I'd have loved to have seen that, and then. Maybe I don't know how much patience Marvel would have for this, but you wait, you let Holland get into his 20s, you know, he's a bit more built, and you flash forward and he's met a Mary Jane or whoever, you know, whoever MJ is supposed to be in that universe, (laughs) and he's got his life and he's established. And then, and I know they'd never do it, but this is my show, so I'm going to pitch what the hell I want, you do the clone saga.
1: Oh God, I love the Clone Saga. I feel, I feel like the clone that's saga a really and you make the Clone Saga a trilogy. I feel like that's a really unpopular opinion, but like I know that the Clone the Clone saga, saga
0: is great. I know
1: that it's despised widely by Marvel fans, but again, having started reading comics around the time of the Clone Saga, for me it was a real thing that was like this is like it was it was a genuine epic that ran for like yeah. four years and like it was great. Um, and I really liked ben Reilly. like Ben Riley, like. I love Ben um,
0: I love Ben Ryu.
1: I think, I do wonder. So, what I'm hoping for, my number one hope is I think that the two older Peters will represent what his life could become. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing that Toby Maguire Peter will probably be the version from What If? who's missing a leg maybe, but although maybe he won't be missing the leg, but he's married to Mary Jane and he's got a kid. He's yeah. re- not fully retired from Spider-Manning, but it's definitely taken a back seat in his life in comparison to having a family. Uh, yeah. Whereas I think Andrew Garfield will probably be, I think he'll have the black suit. Uh, I think that losing Gwen will have pushed him into a kind of a isolated Scenario, yeah. I think he's gonna be more science
0: focused. Uh well I mean one I think one thing that's interesting in the in the the trailers obviously they they're stealing from not stealing it's their their property but they're taking from uh one one more day yeah. where obviously MJ forgets their relationship and this MCU MJ is gonna forget their relationship. And I think obviously the MCU Spidey will want to do everything he can to get that relationship back, and as you say, he's gonna be meeting an older, more bitter yeah, I think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man going to gonna him, be all... You shouldn't try and get it back. Oh, you'll only hurt yeah. people if they you'll know about, it, Yeah, Yeah, like, exactly. You need to be a lone wolf. But
1: I'd also expect him to have maybe aspects of Parker Industries. I think he'll probably be a successful scientist. Because obviously that Peter also had a more... a stronger link with his parents... And yeah. their science background and them being spies and all that weird <laughs> shit that, that again, is, is is prime
0: 90s Spider-Man stuff that I'm quite fond of, but that I know that yeah. has fallen out of favor over the years. Um, I love I mean, I think the downside to that is obviously Disney and Sony weren't seeing eye at the point. And it's a shame because everyone forgets not only were they spies, they were spies for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So had the deal been in place then, you could have done some really cool things. And, you know, we already know that uh, Fury is shifty, but it could have been a thing where he literally spent time with their parents and hasn't told Peter yeah. because he's an asshole and that's what he does but i think but you can't explore that i think
1: that i think that in the end what will probably happen is that yeah they'll represent the paths that he could take i would expect toby Maguire's spider-man to die sacrificing himself yeah, i think so and yeah. andrew garfield spider-man to be to learn an important lesson from that about how it's nice to Care about people, um yeah. and then yeah, and 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 I don't. This,
0: I think obviously the big. What are the odds we're going to see a Miles cameo?
1: Is, uh, low. I think he's still too young,
0: isn't he? Like, bro. I think so. But he's in the universe. He is in the universe. And I think if you if you're going to throw every Spider-Man at the at the window, you know why not? have a little even if it's like they fly past his window yeah. and he's with and he's with prowler yeah i wouldn't
1: and i wouldn't you know. i wouldn't be surprised by miles as a kid appearing in it but obviously you can't start having miles in it too soon because he like he needs to be substantially different in age from peter otherwise yeah. otherwise there's no he's just got too otherwise there's no dynamic is, between yeah. them yeah like yeah. um and i think that like, but, i
0: mean what's interesting is i don't know if you know i don't know if a lot of people know the 616 miles is like in his 30s
1: yeah, I vaguely remember so that. Like, they
0: could do that, but obviously they can't establish that because they've already established he is a kid. He is a kid. seen where he missed his birthday party. But I don't know. There's something you could do. With yeah,
1: that. and I think that, like, I I'm I'm excited. <clears throat> like, I I like I really like the first two Spider-Man films. I really like Tom Holland. I really like Zendaya. I really like all of them. And I think I I trust that it will go somewhere good. I worry that it will be too much shit.
0: Uh... So I have to, I have two big worries. One is to do with the film itself, and you just nailed it, so I'm not going to repeat it. The second is, from a marketing perspective, it was amazing Spider-Verse got made in the first place, and it's even more amazing they've done a sequel. But the common public at large are idiots. <laughs> and I have a feeling that when Spider-Verse 2 is released, a lot of people will say, I already saw the one with all the spider man Why am I watching this? And my only worry is having this be a Spider Verse event could potentially take away from that film.
1: Well, also, I, I I'm confused. Like it appears in this that Doctor Strange has broken everything and made multiverses exist, despite yeah. the fact that that was also what happened in Loki, right? Like yeah. And I guess maybe in Loki what they did Was did something which has affected The past because of the some time travel that,
0: Some people think that this And Loki happened co- concurrently And it's like That's why Loki was as big as it was Where all those universes splinter. They're like maybe what um, Sylvie did Wasn't enough to create that much Of a splinter If Strange and Peter were doing their trick At the same time as she did her thing i mean obviously it's insane chance that he do it there's the same yeah, right and, like but maybe that would that's that would explain such a shift in the multiverse. yeah
1: it, it, but it also feels a bit to me like loki was very clear to us that there aren't isn't a multiverse like it's possible but the tva have spent generations and generations stopping it from existing happen. so then yeah. the fact that both the ancient one and dr strange are aware of what the multiverse is seems really weird to me like Like my my guess would be in the same way that the time travel in Endgame didn't really make sense internally and had and was nothing like the time travel in Loki. I'm guessing that maybe the idea of a multiverse will be a thing that they just kind of throw into movies and it works however they need it to for this one. Exactly. Uh,
0: And I'll tell you something. So, Mister, I can see seven thousand possible alternatives to a situation, and then I go with whichever one present. You know. Presents the least catastrophic event. You've sh- then clearly you've seen a future where Peter steps inside whilst you're doing the, the spell and sabotages it. Well, Why would you let Peter? in Well, the room? no,
1: because on the one hand, like he can't do that anymore. Well, I mean, I assume he only looked forward in time to when the Avengers won, so he doesn't know what's going to happen yes. after
0: Endgame. And I guess, but it wasn't wasn't the Ancient One's whole thing that she already knew everything that was. Going yeah, but to they ahead, haven't got... so nothing was a surprise. But they him.
1: haven't got the time stone anymore. He was using the time stone in, in in Infinity War when he sat there and was all burr and jiggled about. Um, he was the time stone was glowing, so they can't do. He can't see the future anymore. I can't guess that. that's a, that's fair enough. I thought it was weird. that He's wearing the eye in the trailer um, around his neck, despite the fact that Thanos squished it and yeah. and also what's the well, point? Apparently, if there's if no you stone look, in
0: it? If you look at the scene where he knocks Peter's essence out of his body people have freeze-framed it. Peter's holding the eye. Oh, what? like? So I, don't, I will, Well, it looks like maybe Peter's like, I'm just going to take matters into my own hand and Doctor Strange is like, no, you're not. I guess maybe
1: the <laughs> eye has its own power and was just also what they were using to store the time stone in. Yeah. I, like, I, again, I, I, I wouldn't expect a huge amount of internal consistency because I don't really think they're going for a, like, if you break down and freeze-frame
0: everything, it
1: will all make sense
0: with Loki. Well, I mean, one thing I've seen people like freaking out about is the fact that it's snowing in the sanctum. And I think when we watch the film, I think that's going to be brushed over in two seconds.
1: I just, I, I but I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a magic house. It's fine, isn't it? Like, exactly. I, yeah. just, I don't know, like there's magic inside the house. Maybe he, he, there's all those doors to other places in the sanctum. Maybe he left the one, open the wrong one. maybe he left yeah, the one to exactly. snowy place
0: open by accident. And it got all snowy. What, what, what does seem quite interesting is, because um, obviously Wong's packing his bags in that. A lot of people think he's packing his bags his scene in shang chi yeah because he's in
1: that isn't he so yeah i I, yeah. I guess that he's he's off to off to another marvel property <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like it's an exciting trailer and i i mean homecoming is my favorite mcu movie and yes, and yes. i and, and and honestly
0: far from home despite not being my not being like I, it, I just think that's very tony inconsistent there's parts of it i love and i think jake june fantastic in it um but there's a lot of goofy stuff that i think weighs it down it, it's it's Iron Man centric. I still, I
1: um, but I'd still put it in the top five, ten of the MCU because I.
0: I don't think I would. I just I like, really like all the elements in it, but I, yeah, me too. But and I think one big thing that I'm hoping that is going to get addressed with this, especially with Peter's wish, is one major, major point. I a gripe I have with the MCU is. I like secret identities. Yeah. I really like secret I like what you can do with them if you're a creative writer. I like the situations you can put your characters in. I like what it reveals about your character as a hero and as in their personal life. And Spider-Man is the epitome of why secret identities are fantastic. You know, I always, I quote it a lot. I, I believe it was Kevin Smith. But he said the difference between Marvel and DC is Marvel make books about people who happen to be superheroes, and DC make books about superheroes who happen to be people. Yeah, you know, like it, their their life in DC is secondary. Like every now and then you're reminded that Batman also happens to be the world's richest person, and every now and then you're reminded that Superman happens to work at a, at a newspaper. But it's rarely an an, uh, an event and mm-hmm. all that drives the story forward. His, it, you know, if you need to fill some space between him punching someone then we'll create some tension with Lois. But generally, what drives the Spider-Man story is rather than can he defeat Dr. Octopus, it's can he defeat Dr. Octopus and not be late for this? Yeah,
1: can they, how, how's he going to pay the rent? Like, um, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed Superman and Lois, because it grounds Clark as the character as the main character rather than Superman. Um, yeah. and, and in fairness, it's also one of the problems that I have with the Raimi films, because, like, that motherfucker spends all his time with this mask off. Like, that's that bit <laughs> yeah. in the second one where he takes his mask off, the, and then they're all like, we won't tell anybody. And it's like, fuck yeah. you, man. If it had been five you're years right. later and camera phones were come in
0: place, we I mean, would be fucked. I mean, by the end, by the end of that trilogy, it's... Um, Aunt May basically is like, hey, dude, I know you're Spider-Man. Stop messing around and be Spider-Man again. There's one scene, actually, which I do love, because it's insane, where Pete's in day Jonah Jameson's office, trying to get some money, and Robbie walks in and looks at him. And you don't notice the look at first. But then he's talking about an event and he turns around to Pete and says, I heard Spider-Man was there. (laughs) And he's looking at Pete like, I know, dude, you're very bad at this. Yeah, like. Pete's looking back at him like, dude, he's like, yeah, I know you're Spider-Man. So you've got those two, as you said, a subway cart full of people. He kisses MJ and she finds out. Harry finds out pretty sure harry's butler knows he's harry's butler's the one who
1: tells harry he's all like i saw Peter
0: with his hat off (laughs) (laughs) it's like so it's like by the end of the trilogy it's like 10 people
1: yeah and i think that that's the thing is that like i also really really like secret identities and like Mm. and i think that there's a level at which like i i'm not happy i wasn't happy with peter being revealed to the world as, as spider-man i don't like that like, i don't
0: mind i don't mind the concept i do think it's a stupid concept but i can understand and i can accept the concept of he hasn't quite gotten tuned with his powers he doesn't really know he's got a spider sense but he's ignoring it because he doesn't really know what it's trying to tell him that's fine if you want to go for that but yeah i don't know that ending as cool as it was as a laugh out loud moment no a lot of the tension comes from may yeah and from the fact that even though, yeah, later we find out she knows it's it, 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 him, she needs a place for her grief and her anger and she puts that into Spider-Man. Yeah. So she's super proud of Pete but she can't stand Spider-Man. He's a menace. He's the same thing for J. Jonah and Like belief, the, the graph exterior, he's a father figure to Pete and he knows Pete needs, needs one but he can't stand Spider-Man because Spider-Man is taking away attention from people like his son who's a real hero. There's all these conflicts that Spidey has. I mean, one thing that the amazing films kind of got wrong is the great thing about Pete's relationship with the comics is Gwen adores Pete. Yeah. She just can't get enough of him. She thinks Spider-Man's a menace. And in the flip side to the movie, Gwen's father thinks Spider-Man is a hero and knows that Pete's Spider-Man. But he's like, you can never tell Gwen. She won't accept it. And when he dies, when the father dies, Gwen's like, I, Spider-Man is the worst person that's ever lived. And so now Peter wants to marry this woman but can never tell her who he is. Like those conflicts that you can come up with are incredible. Yeah. And the minute you just kind of kill that concept of a secret identity, it's taken so much from the Yeah, experience.
1: and like we've we although we've had some of it, we've had way less Flash love Spider-Man but hates Peter than I than I like. I really I really enjoy yeah. that that in the and like I think that one of the difficulties I have, even with Tom Holland's version, is that like for me, what I really like about Spider-Man is that like Peter is is that guy? He's funny and exciting, and everybody likes him. But he hasn't quite got the confidence to be that person at school, so he's awkward yeah. and nervous. And Uncle Ben sees it in him, and so do other people who he feels comfortable around. But then when he puts on the mask, he can just be himself, and yeah. then and then he's funny and outgoing, and like and people who normally would think he was a big loser love him, and people, you know, what I mean, like, and I think that that's. Yeah. That's really intrinsic
0: to the dynamic of the character, and I. Hundred percent. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in Homecoming is, and I. So I. I was lucky enough to see Homecoming before I, it was on general release. I got to go to the press screening, and you can talk about Cap lifting Mjolnir or like any of those moments where the crowd goes crazy. But in that press screening, when he goes on the blind date, and the door opens, yeah, oh, father is for the audience lost it yeah it's such a great twist no one talks about it, it, it it's a gut punch yeah when you it, it's so and then it's followed up by an amazing scene Michael Keaton just acting his backside off when he gets him in the car and he's like I could kill you right now but you're gonna take my daughter in there, and you're gonna have a good night. Yeah, and you're gonna stop harassing me. It's a great scene. It's so tense. Built, that scene. That's it's built so good. from the tension of yeah. It's his secret identity, and it's like you could do that with so many of the characters, mm. and they don't. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm, Iron Man, I think works in a way because it's that thing of yeah, from the perspective of Shield and the people around him, it would actually make a lot more sense for him to to have the masquerade of a, of a secret identity, but Tony's ego won't allow yeah, him Tony, Tony to Tony can't say, bear the yeah, idea that anybody he can't else be is credit, yeah. Exactly. So I love that. I love that he should have gone to that press conference yeah. and said, uh, you know, he's my bodyguard and he's looking care... But he couldn't. He was like, yeah, no, it's me. I invented Yeah, it. well, I'm and using, similarly, you know? one thing I really like in the
1: MCU is that they don't feel the need to give every... Like, Thor's not got a secret identity, And, like, no. they don't feel the need to just strap them on to literally everyone. And I yeah. think it makes sense that Cap wouldn't because he's, uh, you know... He's got no one to protect. Everyone and is he's dead. famous. <laughs> like, yeah. so those... And, and I think they've made some really good choices in that area. But, yeah, like, I do... I really like the stuff, like you say, the stuff that you can do with it. And I really feel disappointed that they're when when they feel the need to chuck them away all
0: the time have you heard any of the rumors about other people who might be in the film so apparently daredevil is in the trailer and people have like freeze-framed a silhouette and they're saying well that's that's pete's interrogation scene it makes sense that the guy outside about to enter the room would be dead yeah uh now, yeah i been think a... we discussed we discussed this before charlie cox's imdb has like a massive gap between when they started filming this and his next project which i think is two years from now yeah so it makes sense that he'd be set time for this and reshoots and even though feige famously doesn't like the netflix universe because he and jeff Loeb don't get on he has been complimentary about Charlie Cox. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I'm hoping that that's that that's true. I'm also. I, interested. I think another cameo we're going to get in this, and I think it'll be brief. I think it might even be a silhouette, but I think we're going to see the Kingpin. I'd really like that. I'd really, I do. Re- Donofrio's Kingpin is is one of the best. Well, characters. he's he's taken to Twitter and has been like, they can pay me in literal peanuts and I'll return to the character. I love it. I would love to share screen time with Tom Holland. Mm. So we'll see what happens.
1: Well, and and again, like I, we haven't done much of this, but one of the things that always comes up when I'm discussing Spider-Man ever is. Ultimate Spider-Man, the 2004 Mm. comic book series, 2002, 2000, anyway, whenever it's from, is my favorite Spider-Man by a long
0: distance. And his interactions with the Kingpin in that are... The scene when he just, I mean, I know technically it's very on PC nowadays, but the scene when he ripped, he takes a piece of paper out of his pocket and literally just goes through a series of "you're so fat" jokes. Yeah, well, and, and Kingpin loses his mind. Yeah, well, and what's great about that is that, like, obviously
1: the fat jokes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how that would be received now. But it's the fact that Kingpin gives him this incredibly serious, like, like, like. DiNofrio's version, like evil, dark speech, and Peter's like, "Hold on, I, I had a, I had, I had a note that I wanted to read to you if I ever found, if I ever met you again." <laughs> and it's the fact that in that moment where he's like, in his life's in danger, and Kingpin's being his most genuinely menacing, he's all like, "You're so fat," and yeah, and like that, and that interaction is 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 absolute gold like but yeah. ultimate spider-man is full of ways often when when i when i criticize anything spider-man and people go oh well, how would you have done it i'm just like read ultimate spider-man i would have done it like that. Yeah. literally just I mean, like that i mean
0: like the clone saga the clone yeah. saga they nailed fix that. the
1: clone saga in there the only thing i don't like about um about ultimate spider-man is towards the end when it gets a bit when like Gwen becomes Carnage and stuff, it gets it starts getting a bit it starts getting a bit bad. But like the first couple
0: of volumes Yeah, it gets a bit member berries in the last volumes for me. But it really it
1: really, really carries a lot of what I love about Spider Man inside it. And it's really like I've read a lot of Spider Man comics. I think I've got the only thing I've got more of than Spider-Man comics is X-Men comics, I think. Um, yeah. and obviously that's not really a fair comparison because Peter's one person and like yeah. X, my X-Men comics stack comprises X-Men Comics and Wolverine Comics and Cable Comics and whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, X-Force and, yeah. yeah. like well, i have not got a lot of i have not got a lot of X, I've, got, I've not got a lot of X-Force. I've got I've got a lot of Generation X uh, and I've got a lot of weird one I've got a lot of bishop comics.
0: <laughs> Bishop's great. Um, I really like Bishop. Give Bishop his own movie. Um, So my first pitch, um, and we're kind of getting—I said this at the start of the show—we are getting a flashpoint movie with Michael Keaton coming back. I don't know if you saw recently. I love Michael Keaton. He had an interview where he basically said, "I don't understand what multiverse is. I don't get it." (laughs) um, But I'm going to be in two movies this summer with multiverses, and I'm all for it. And the, the interview even said, "Have you like? Did they explain it to you?" He said, "Yeah, they sent me an email. Both companies sent me emails breaking it down." I don't get it, but it's fun. They put me in costumes. <laughs> so he's confirmed you will see a Vulture cameo. Nice. Uh, and and uh, he's probably going to be in prison. And obviously there's hints that he's going to be part of the Sinister Six. So that would be amazing. Um, and of course he will be returning as older Bruce Wayne in Flashpoint. But I would love to see Keaton, Clooney. Val was not in a very good way nowadays. He's, he had some serious health issues mm. for a long time. Um, and I think he's he's kind of... Expressed, He's expressed a lot of gratitude for his career, but he doesn't really want to be part of the big Hollywood system. So I'd leave him out of this. But obviously those two are still alive. Robert Pattinson's about to be Batman for the first time. And you've got Kevin Conroy is obviously still alive. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. So I don't know how you would put Conroy in there, um, but I would love to see it worked out. Ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck. And I've drawn a blank on his name. He's a great actor. I've forgotten his name. Um, But Lego Batman, the guy who does the voice. Uh, Will Arnett. Will aren't it? You basically got like what six Batman who were previous who are like currently alive. I want to see Batman Universe. Okay.
1: Okay, Batmans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all the Batmans. Uh,
1: okay, so my pitch is, right? We'd have to probably either do it with CG or deep fake it. But my pitch is it's all the James Bonds, right? Okay. And they get sucked through a wormhole into a giant James. And then they're like, and then like Blofeld's there and he's pitted them all Hunger Games style against each other on an island. Uh, and Amazing. and and then it shifts wildly tonally and Daniel Craig's Bond is like beating people in a really horrible scene. And then George Lazerby <laughs> runs in, it's all like, um, <laughs> and like, and Sean Connery's, and like, and then there's like, and then the, the but the catch is there's only one woman and they're all like, "I'm going to be the one who has sex with her, um, <laughs> yeah. and most probably against her will." But then it turns out she's also a James Bond who we've never seen Amazing. from
0: another alternate thing, and she and she out James Bonds them. See, see, you know who I would have as the woman? Who? Angelina Jolie. Oh yeah, she'd be great because she she is the female actress who has been approached the most times to be a Bond girl, and she has given the same response every time, which is that I don't want to be a Bond girl. I want to be Bond. Yeah so i think yours would be the perfect um to that.
1: yeah i'd go i'd like i i i, I was just I, I was thinking about it and i was like there's not a lot of characters who have persisted throughout pop culture and obviously like and you get though. huge problems with like like i'd like a superman team-up movie where where like tom welling and uh tyler hochin and and Maybe, maybe Brandon Ruth. I quite liked his version of Superman for the minute. Everyone
0: except Dean Kane.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because Dean Kane's gotten a bit "Make America Great Again," hasn't he? Um, yeah. But like, but then you can't really do it without Christopher Reeve, and you can't mm. really deep yeah i mean like it's just not the same is it like and i think that's the problem is that actually again maybe if it was animated or cg you could like you could get somebody who could do his voice and you could draw it exactly like him um but like i feel like there's not a lot of characters who have had enough pop culture versions yeah yeah. like so if we're doing like just random so then i was thinking what if we're just hopping through different alternate versions and all the alternate versions are no. Um, i saw a youtube video a while ago where somebody suggested that they'd really like to see a movie where harley jumps between different timelines just murdering jokers uh and that's yeah and that's an idea that i'm on board for that 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 i like but i think that what i'd really like is um is like exiles uh yes because yeah in in exiles
0: this this is the thing a lot of people haven't realized or you know that people don't really talk about is Captain Carter isn't from a What If comic? She's from the Exiles. Yes. There's an episode of the, there's an issue of the Exiles where they jump, and it's what if, it's, if Captain Carter had got the form? Yeah. So for for
1: for listeners who aren't aware of what Exiles is, this is a a two thousands X Men comic where alternate versions of X Men characters are brought together in a kind of space between realities, and then sent on missions to more parallel marvel (laughs) universes uh like and i can't remember exactly i can't remember how it plays out but yeah some old man tells them all and so we've got like blink from the age of Ar- the age of apocalypse and... yeah i mean that
0: the initial the initial team is essentially the lineup from the age of apocalypse so Yeah, because there's a good blink, an amazing character there's a good saber tooth isn't there? there's a good saber tooth you've got rogue in her really cool i know people hate it but i really like a cool space age costume yeah and then um,
1: you've got mimic Morf, um yeah. who's who yeah who's like a steals of the people's powers and morph who's a funny rubber-faced man um yeah. and yeah but then yeah, so then as it goes along, they're all very expendable, kind of Suicide Squad style. And they, and characters just die constantly and are just replaced with more random people. You hear people. that Marvel?
0: You could have done it first. Yeah. You already had James Gunn. You had James Gunn already. And they're just... This, I'm just going to this quick side, cut, side note, because I've been wanting to text you this for ages and I haven't texted you yet. Do you know what Rick Flag's t-shirt is about? Because I found out the other day and it's fantastic. Yeah, it looks like his costume in the comics, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know the illustration? Yeah. So it's a bunny, clearly Bugs Bunny, with a Superman costume. So obviously a character representing uh Warner Brothers and has a speech bubble and there's Spanish writing. And I found out the the Spanish the, the English translation is obstacles become opportunities. Oh, nice. So it's basically saying, Thanks, Marvel. I'm with D C because you guys didn't value yeah, it. Yeah, because you didn't and I just love it. It's just like it's yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that. But yeah, like and then Exiles it explores like there's one where where they go to a world where there's just like a hundred Wolverines, or like, <laughs> oh, there's like a whole team of Wolverines, like, and there's like, yeah. and there's like angry old one-eyed Wolverine, and you know, and 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 evil Wolverine, and then one of them is just the kid from Origin, like, who's just <laughs> this useless screaming crying child who occasionally has claws <laughs> pop out of his hands, and they're all like, "Why are you here? Like, what 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 could we possibly?" do with you like why would and they were and like and they just meet completely warped versions i mean it does and like a lot of these things it does require you definitely get more out of exiles if you've read Hundreds and hundreds of X Men and Marvel yeah, comics. because a
0: lot of it is very winking at the. Yeah, X-Men. lots of it's like, like oh, wouldn't it be thing? weird
1: if 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 Rogue had kept those powers that she had for four minutes in 1995? And you're all like, yeah. And obviously for us, it's a bit like, yeah, man, that would, but That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. But like, I, I find that about what if though, like, it works with the MCU
0: because there's not a lot of stuff to go through. But like, I remember. So we'll probably talk about this another week. What if the comics are incredible? Yes, I. I'm gonna give the series a chance, but the initial episode, and I love Haley Atwell, and I think she, I think she's fantastic, I think that character's fantastic, but it really was literally the first Avenger with a female protagonist rather yeah. than a male protagonist. And the thing about that concept in comics that work so well that kind of fell flat for me was the that comic that the, the concept is really this one small thing can branch out into an insane yeah it's like a reality. butterfly effect kind of comic isn't butterfly it yeah, yeah like you know and i don't think that episode really i mean that's what i loved about this the second one which is like <laughs> literally t'challa makes the universe better yeah Thanos doesn't do the snap you know the the ravages are reformed all these people who were previously terrible i mean also it does have the terrible side effect that it looks like um ego is going to make peter quill terribly evil and probably take over the world um but you know for the most part it looks like he's kind of unified the galaxy with Mm. the exception of the collector he's made a lot of people's lives better um yeah well and
1: that's the thing is that like the what if comic again like my memory of reading that is that it was great when it was a what if that derived from a comic i'd read but then sometimes i'd read them and i'd be all like I don't know who these like. I don't know how this is different from the original comic. Like I have no. Yeah. So it was really hard to read then. Like my favorite what if is uh, what if Rogue had absorbed Thor's powers. Have you ever read that one? Uh, yeah. She absorbs yeah. all Thor's powers and then, and his consciousness, and then they have to kind of like learn to coexist inside her body as thor's mind is fading away while she takes control of his powers and at the end odin accepts her and she develops this really nice relationship with him and he's got a better relationship with thor and she's got a parent figure and and then the final blurb is all like "Ah, and in this universe thanks to a freak chance and accident both Thor and Rogue and Odin all turn out much happier than they were did in in <laughs> the real MCU, in the real Marvel Universe. And then it just ends. And like that.
0: Yeah, so my two favorites, one of them is what if Uncle Ben had lived. Yeah. And other than this, this, these couple of scenes where Peter has these horrible nightmares where Thing Fang Foom keeps trying to kill him, he just lives a regular day and loves being with Uncle Ben. And the watch is like, so everything turned out great. or did it and you're like wait what does that mean and that's the end of it and then my other one and i got this purely because i never flicked through it i just loved the pitch on the front which is what if bishop was five minutes late Mm, that's that's what it is and so basically it's great because it's so cynical bishop turns up in america this black man with a massive gun and immediately gets arrested so he doesn't get to warn the x-men about their horrible future and he basically just ends up in jail
1: that's so <laughs> right. gr- and the thing is that, like, it's really, great. but that's where good, that's where multiverse stuff really works for me is when you take a simple, like, when you take the story that we know and you throw it into a direction that's just absolutely insane, or yeah. you take a minor event and you go, ah, but what if this had just changed the whole universe? Do you
0: know what I mean? Like, have and, you read The Nail?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: So, for the, those who haven't read it, The Nail is what would happen if the Clarks were on the way to pick up, uh, Um, the kent sorry going their way to pick up uh, clark when they got got a flat tire from a nail that was stuck up in the ground they stopped to change that tire the u.s government gets to the missile first they just spend years experimenting on clark and the justice league is formed without clark as this moral anchor so batman's just been getting darker and more brooding how jordan obviously as we know he's becoming darker and darker and more insular and wonder woman's getting more cynical at these earthlings who just bicker all the time. So without Clark as that moral center and without you know someone that would encourage someone like Wally to be um or Barry to be more positive and more hopeful, the team just falls apart and it shows you what he does for them and for mm-hmm. the Earth in general. And it's just like, it's down to a nail. Well, obviously, and, and like Red that. Sun
1: is similar. Like, he lands half an hour later, so instead of landing in Kansas, he lands in the Soviet Union, and <laughs> yeah. then Stalin adopts him and makes him the <laughs> Superman... Of communism um <laughs> yeah like those and and lex luther's the hero because he's the good american who who through yep. his own ingenuity just wants to defeat this evil communist <laughs> spaceman um and actually i'd really love a i'd really love a red sun superman versus regular yeah. superman like like be. breakdown um but yeah like i think that like in terms of what what like there's not a lot of properties that i can think of that yeah, there's no. like loads of different versions i think that the other thing that i was thinking which might work would be like cartoon versions so yeah you can have a crossover between all the different transformers uh i i i'm not well versed enough in transformers to know how that would work but i assume that it would make transformers people very excited because because oh, yeah, you know sure.
0: i mean well you've got you've got generation one you've got Bayes transformers you've got beast wars you've got um there was an evolution after Beast Wars as well. So there's a few different things mm. you could do. Uh,
1: and then also, I was thinking, uh, like, again, like it's not Spider Man's, but like uh, an X Men, like, or oh, like I would like to see the 90s X Men meet Wolverine and the X Men's X Men. And evolution. Um, or alternatively, more interestingly, I'd like to see the Titans, Teen Titans from Titans, meet the Teen Titans from Teen Titans Go. Um, I
0: think that's happened. I think that's happened what? in an episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm pre- I'll send you a link afterwards, but I'm pretty sure it's happened. So, well, okay. Well, well, that's whilst we, whilst we're talking it. about this, the best one has actually already been done. And that is Power Rangers Forever Red, which is where, as an anniversary episode, every Red Ranger who's ever existed gets together. To defeat the enemy and it's freaking amazing. And I really wish Marvel would do something like that. Do
1: all of the subsequent versions of Power Rangers technically take place in the same timeline and, and they're and all in new, the same timeline. And,
0: new... and all, it, all it is is like in the real world, you get physically too old to do the job, and so a younger generation takes over. So Zordon fires you. And it's all yeah. like I'm... Pretty much. Well, I mean, what's. So I'm like, sorry, what Jason. Is, is we've almost... got to have a
1: difficult conversation. I've noticed that you've lost 17% speed at the last six missions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's almost a hierarchy. And so every now and then, some of the old school guys cameo, and they're now basically upper management and if you need them they'll come and help what? You, but they know they can't do with these kids yeah they've been they, most of the original cast have been back a few and they've and been stuff. like promoted um, in... to senior like they've been promoted to senior Red pa- Rangers basically and so that's why Forever Red is amazing because every single Red Ranger that's ever existed gets together and there's just one shot which is super iconic where it's basically Raid Raiders as far as the eye can see, and they just form this human wall to defeat the enemy. Um, I wasn't in the comics. It's even it's even better because Jason has like lost his mind, and he's now Lord Drax, and he's like basically just going out and wiping out Power Rangers for existence. I wasn't really aware. I was aware that you had such a diverse and deep Power Rangers knowledge. So uh... I don't talk about it that much, but I love the Power Rangers. They're probably second only to my love for the turtles. That's and what I love now is that is that they're currently. There's a there's a crossover series where the the turtles have the ranger suits on.
1: That's insane. Uh, I I have no idea. Yeah, well, I suppose actually, also in terms of like crossovers, you could in theory have uh a like you know, and this is a personal thing, but I'd very much like to see uh, the characters from different Final Fantasy games meet because they all take place in in completely separate worlds. But there's character okay. interactions there that I would like to see. But I I mean, again, like that's gonna you know, it's gonna take some you can need some specific, I feel like we can't know that about that together. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so what's the fun of it? I'm sorry. Realistically. Yeah. Well, you know, you should, you should play some fun of fantasy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that there are, I think that there are like, I think it's really difficult to think because often, as you say, like the best crossovers, the best meetings of characters aren't necessarily the ones that I thought would work. They're not necessarily the ones that I was like, "Oh yeah, that's going to be amazing." In fact, the ones where I'm like, "Oh my god, that's going to be amazing." Often I'm a bit like, "Yeah, it was alright, wasn't it?" But it was a bit of stuff of characters. It's the things where people jammed, and again in comics, this is really true. It's like you know, like like I've seen uh, you know I've read loads and loads of Spider Man of Superman, Green Lantern comics, and I'm all like, "Yeah, it's fine, it." But like, but I'll never forget Superman meets Muhammad Ali. Because, you know, yeah, it wasn't...
0: Because mama Ali beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Another pitch. Okay, Let's it's
1: not it. a pitch, but it's just a reference I want to make for anybody who's, in, who's into any of these things. So there's a limited episode uh, where the cast of Dragon Ball Z meet the cast of One Piece. Uh, they also meet the cast of Toriko, which is a short-run Shun Jump series, which I don't think is going anymore, about people who want to be warrior chefs. But the Toriko's, Toriko's not as relevant. You don't need to worry about him so much. Um, there's this the Toriko fantastic. There's a bit in the first episode where he's all like this world is beautiful and diverse. There are so many fantastic animals, millions of them all over the place. And I want to find them all. And,
0: and eat, eat them. them.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he just like he just like travels the world finding these beautiful rare animals and then killing and eating. Of course. Uh, and he also has like knife and fork Kung Fu powers Where his hands Are like a knife And all his moves Are like A like Knife attack Fork <laughs> block It's just yeah um, But like Goku and, and And Luffy From One Piece meet uh, And they are In a lot of ways What's really nice about it Is that like They're not the same character But Achiro who writes one piece has been very very clear over the years that Dragon Ball is his favorite thing in the world and that it's his like number one inspiration and Shonen series have like a really clear lineage where like they are very heavily inspired by one another and so see what you're seeing is not like two versions of the same character meeting but like the old, the, the eighties and nineties biggest version of this of this kind of archetype and now's biggest version of this archetype running into each other. And there are ways in which they're very similar and ways in which that like they both really like eating uh, and they're a bit and they're a bit dumb but like but then there are ways in which they're completely different and it's really really and it's it's very it's like a short like i think it's a comic book i think there's a manga version of it but like the thing i've seen is like a it's like a 45 minute long movie or something it's like yeah. a it's like an extended episode uh but it's great and the best thing is that in manga quite often especially in shonen manga they have the same archetypes so you have the main character who's dumb but pure hearted and then you have yeah. his Rival who used to be a bad guy but is now a good guy and is very grumpy and serious. Uh, and like they have all these archetypes that are present in both Dragon Ball and One Piece and Toriko, so they divide them off and have them meet their other versions of them. So, like, like, yeah. like Goku's best friend who used to be his enemy meets Luffy's best friend who used to be his enemy, and they're both voiced by the same person oh, amazing. <laughs> because because he just does both of the English voices for those characters because after, yeah. after he did a good job of it in Dragon Ball they were like game for one piece as well uh, and so you've <laughs> got this guy and it's not even like he's doing two voices like he, they, they have the same voice and he's literally just doing the scene where he's doing two voices and they're talking it's,
0: um, it's very similar to I don't know the character's name but Chris's boss in Family Guy yeah is voiced by the guy that does archer yes um, and there is literally a, a really stupid skit where he's h john benjamin yes indeed where he is doing stand-up and he says hey everyone this is archer from archer hi i'm archer hey everyone this is bob from bob's burgers <laughs> hi i'm bob from Burgers." and he obviously doesn't change his voice for the just entire thing just doing all the voices <laughs> Yeah, which is his voice. And I just love that he's just riffing on the fact that he's one of the highest paid voice actors in the whole world right now. And it's just his voice. And
1: I assume that, that was a voice he was doing, <laughs> but then he's in that episode of Master of
0: None. And he's just, yeah. and then that's just, that's just, talk- just yeah, his voice. That's it. like- just how he talks. <laughs> just This is just a personal request to any of our listeners, because a few of you have been in touch with us when you listen to the episodes, and I love it. If any of you happens to see Chung-Chi and Abomination is actually played by Tim Roth, let me know because then I will 100% go and watch that film in a start. Yeah, yeah. if it's just some generic abomination who doesn't have any dialogue, I don't care. For I him. think it's going to be the big monster or CG with no Tim Roth, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he has been one person who's been vocal about wanting to return one day, but I think if he was in the film, we'd know yeah, about it. Yeah, I think it. we'd
1: know about it by now. Yeah. Uh, so well, we're going to do what, what have you watched this week, Chess?
0: What have I watched? I, uh, that's a I don't know, that's question. why oh, I okay. asked you <laughs> Shut up So <laughs> I started rewatching The Sopranos Oh, oh, oh damn, yeah. how's that? So the first couple of episodes and I get it, it's like you don't have the budget And you're still working stuff out um, The first few episodes When he's first Tony is first in the doctor's chair And he's talking about his memories When they cut between him actually being in the chair And then the memory he's talking about With his voiceover It's janky. It's clearly a man in a vocal booth. You know what I mean? It's not someone talking. It's him reading from a script and tonally it it takes you out of it. Um, But it is amazing just even seeing then what uh, the potential was and just like what these actors could do. I I love that series and I I can rewatch it endlessly. I also just finished, do you remember I told you a a few episodes back about Dave on FX? So I think I told you this The problem I had with it then is he just doesn't learn and he doesn't grow. Yeah, And I was like, that was funny for the first season, but we're two seasons in and he's still the same person. And every problem I had was absolutely rectified and nailed in the finale. I'm not going to ruin it for people. But, oh man, there's so much stuff that you don't even know you want to see resolved until it gets resolved in that finale. Nice. And it's just... It comes together and, like, it's... There's maybe, I'd say, a two-minute sequence and it just makes you smile. And what's amazing about it is that, like, Lil Dicky, who is the the writer, creator, and protagonist, he's always had, you know, charisma and and acting ability and he's funny. But his hype man, in real life and in the show, is a guy called Gator. And they've always kind of played back and forth. And I think it's semi-autobiographical that... There was a bit of tension between them initially because Lil Dicky was getting all these amazing opportunities and Dicky was just kind of his hype man. He wasn't introducing to people. And that comes into the show. But there was a scene in this particular episode where it comes to a head. They have a massive argument. And you're not just thinking, that's good acting for some rappers. It's just good acting, period. Mm, It's one of the best arguments I've seen in a TV show for a long time. And I would say, watch the whole series. Because like I said, that finale is amazing, but it's obviously... It it it's, it comes from everything that the rest of the season has built up to. Nice. So watch that season, get to know these characters, and yeah, I I mean I don't really think there's a crazy amount of stuff on right now, but I I'd, I'd be, I think you'd be hard pressed to touch that for a finale. They really nailed. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean there's definitely What's not a lot going, going on right now. We
1: went to see when I went to see Suicide Squad, there were three trailers. Uh, a trailer for that Hugh Jackman film where. That he's a he he's a detective stuff, he in memories, and then there's memories. Yeah. <laughs> he's, how far will he go for the people he blah blah blah? Yeah. yeah, um, and then there was, and then the second one was a Sky original movie. I can't remember what it was called about
0: some donut. Animals. No, it
1: had Karen Gillan in it and Lena Headey. and then Heidi. Oh
0: yes, that that's that's on Netflix.
1: Yeah, it looks good. I I, I well, yeah. it, I mean, it didn't look good. The trailer looked bad, but it's got a great cast. Yeah. And, and and trailers yeah. often don't know what they're showing me. Yeah. Uh, and then the third trailer was an oasis documentary, and then the trailers
0: ended, and I was all like, "Damn!" <laughs> like
1: the cinema is dry right
0: now. Yeah, I really wanted to watch The Green Knight, which should have been out by now, but that keeps getting pushed back, and I think it's gonna be released the day after I die so I'm very sad because that film looks amazing but it's been like two years now so
1: I watched uh the new Neon Genesis Evangelion movie uh which is called it's the fourth one in the current series although it's the sixth Neon Genesis film overall and so it's called Neon Genesis Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.1 thrice upon a time because, why wouldn't, it because be? why wouldn't it be yeah um <laughs> uh it's but it's essentially the end of a 25 year long series and it was oh, wow. fucking awesome it really nice. brought the whole thing together and it like it's... it drew in like the anime series from the 90s and the films and the comic it, all of it into one thing and gave it all a really satisfying ending so uh
0: it's a series I never knew anything about but uh It used to, for so, I'm probably showing our age here, and a lot of kids that are listening to this won't know about this, but before we had the internet, if you wanted to know what was happening in comics, anime, or games, you would buy Wizard Magazine. Yeah, yes. And whoever was making Evangelion, they spent a lot of money because on most months, they were the back cover for like what is the it was the us dvd releases yeah i don't even know if it was dvd at the time it probably would have been early stages of dvd but they really pushed it on the back cover so i would always see some of the mech on that and then every now and then wizard also had an import toy section and like you kids now like if you want to get a wrestler or a superhero or whoever the figures look like that person But when we were growing up, they were just pieces of plastic that happened to have certain parts colored that might look like the colors you would see the person wearing. And I remember when I was really getting into that scene, I mean, the Japanese have always been years ahead of us, but the the Evangelion stuff in particular, man, their sculpts were just like the shapes were insane and the colors were so bright and bold and just an insane amount of points of articulation. Like every joint on that thing could move so i even i never i was never really aware of of what the franchise was or even what it was about. I remember seeing those designs and being like, I want to own one of those things one day. They just look super cool. Yeah,
1: Ava's got a weird history. Like it's unbelievably popular in in Japan to the point where like the theme tune from the anime series from the 90s was like the most requested karaoke song in Japan for like 20 years in a row. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's like, and it's the new movies are unbelievably weird. Like they start off and they appear to be a shot for shot remake of the anime series. Um, uh, like, you know, like, with with better modern animation, but basically the exact same story. The first one of the new movies is the first six episodes of the original series, exactly, yeah. with really very few changes. And then the second one is similar, but with a couple of new characters thrown in. And then at the end of the second one, one of the characters, in a kind of similar way to what we've been talking about this episode, makes a choice that just absolutely throws everything and then the third and fourth ones of the new movies are completely different from the original series and have their own story because a single different choice was made and so everything goes differently um but the whole thing like i, th- I think it might be worth doing a explainer video on it at some point but it is 100% it is it, i i've got a weird history like when i when i when we worked at Forbidden Planet it was coming out, uh, the perfect collection was coming out on DVD, uh, and so prior to that, you could only buy it in video or DVD form for £20 per episode, per thing, and you got two episodes. Uh, so, like, you, you people were playing £20 of video, and I think that there were, like, 14 videos to have the whole series, so it was, like, you know, 280 quid, it was loads of money, uh, and <laughs> when the DVD box set came out, it was a big deal, because it was the first time that you could buy it all in a like and i remember when it was coming out of Food and planet the people we knew who worked there dave and a couple of others were super hyped about just being and owen and karen were really excited about being able to own evangelion in a form yeah. that wasn't really expensive ironically after we worked there i didn't buy it i borrowed it from work and watched it and took it back uh, it's sold out everywhere and now that box set is of, worth hundreds of, of pounds yeah um
0: i had i always see the gta soundtracks oh my god yeah Xbox do you remember them sick? just sitting on the shelves and, um, in
1: the shop and us being all like i'm
0: so bitter because it wasn't even like i didn't care i was one of those people that was like i'll do it tomorrow yeah i'll do it tomorrow and then one day tomorrow came and they were sold out and they were going for ridiculous amounts yeah but a hundred pounds. <laughs> um
1: but yeah when i watched evangelion i would had years of people being all like this is the greatest show of all time uh, it's it's the high benchmark for anime. Uh, and so I borrowed it from work and watched it and I was all like, I'm not sure i get this. Like, this this is weird. Um, and then I watched it a couple of years ago and it just absolutely, I was all like, oh no, it is absolutely spectacular. It's fantastic. Um, and and yeah, and I've watched it through a few times since then. I'm planning to watch it all through again, not the new movies out in one big chunk. But yeah, I think we should do an explainer video on it at some point. Sweet. So, um, well,
0: that'll be number three because number two is whenever he does get off his ass and release this album he's been making us wait the whole year for, I'm going to explain Kanye West. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm aware of his first album. So, you know, like...
0: Yeah. No, I mean, here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't realise his history, and I think, it didn't. you know, you can never really justify his level of arrogance but he has been in the rap game a long time before anyone even heard his first single he's been part of some amazing groups he produced for some of the greatest artists in history Eminem Jay-Z before he was even a name um and he has a lot of weird side projects and things he starts and doesn't finish like the video game he spent millions of dollars promoting where his mum was an angel yeah, that's... and then he just got bored yeah. and never released it. Yeah, it look. so I want to talk about that kind of stuff yeah that looked good you know, he I has... played that yeah yeah it looked great and he has things like his failed Muppet sitcom um, <laughs> and Pastel his clothing line which he spent millions on and then just decided one day I don't like any of these pieces so he never released it he's just has weird he's a weird guy who yeah, I really sounds... am a massive fan of because I think he is he just really believes in the power of himself and I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us one day are like, hey, what if there was a microwave you could fit in your pocket? But the difference between you and Kanye West is if Kanye West has an insane thought like that, he's a billionaire, so he can make it happen. So you'll see in this episode, but there's probably a lot of things you didn't know about Kanye West that you're like, that's a weird thing. I'm glad I know that. So that will be the next episode. And then, yeah, as we discussed in last episode, Patrick and I will be watching all of the existing blade runner properties and then I'll see if I can get us a stream for the pilot episode of the new anime and we'll cap it off with that. Oh, one um, thing
1: that I did watch as well. Rosie recommended oh, to us the Fear Street movies. Uh, yes. the trilogy of horror teen looking horror movies that are like RL Stein. Yeah, like the guy who wrote Goosebumps. They're based on some of his books. Uh, so me and, and Beth gave the
0: works of R.L. Me and
1: Beth gave them a go, and they're awesome. Rosie was hundred oh, percent correct. Honestly, they're fantastic. You know, you know how The Lord of the Rings works really well as a trilogy because they were all made at the same time and they work as one giant <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, it's it's like that. It's three movies, nice. and they all interconnect really neatly. They've all got their own characters, but they've also all got links between each other. It's Amazing. great. It's really, really great. I really recommend it. And it's not nice too scary because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit I'm a bit of a wimp about horror. Uh but yeah it is it's it's it's, it's creepy but not like I can't sleep now. So yeah it was Sweet. it's just right for me.
0: Thank you for that. Okay, so so that's the Blade Run episode. I have a couple of ideas but I need to work them out. I've spoken to some guests. We'll be getting some guests but not till October. So yeah like close to the time. Um, If you have any ideas, let either of us know. The best place to do it is on the Instagram or the Twitter. Um, Both of those are panels and bars. I will be uploading some new videos finally to the channel, starting off with an action figure review. Um, I'm not great at them, but you'll see if you watch the channel. And that's good because we need views. So, um, as always, like, subscribe, please give us feedback. Honestly, I know we keep banging on about it, but you guys doing that is the difference between me and patrick just speaking into the ether and you know us becoming the next my dad wrote a porno and becoming massive yes and 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 send
1: us send us like angry comments about how you hate things that we like or vice versa send
0: us tell me about how great toby mcguire is please because that's a take i've never heard before just try not to get too racist with it because I'm not crazy about that um, but we will Damn. see you all next time thanks for li- it happens Ugh. thanks for listening <laughs> see you soon boy. bye